Welcome to the Coffee with Kojo podcast, produced by the School of Communication and Journalism at South Dakota State University. I am Associate Professor Dr. Rocky Daly, and I coordinate the podcast with our student hosts and guests. We are off to a late but strong start this fall 2022 semester, with several student hosts making their podcast debut. This episode is hosted by graduate student Demetra Gilkey and features a conversation with new Kojo assistant professor, Dr. Hayden Barber. Demetrius spoke with Dr. Barber last week about his impression of SDSU and his family's background in the arts. So where are you originally from? Ooh, okay, so that's, it's honestly an interesting question and one I can't struggle with answering because I've lived everywhere. Not as much as Johnny Cash, but I was born in Colorado, lived there through most of my childhood, then moved to Washington State, then moved to Wisconsin State. After that, I suppose it's just Wisconsin. After that, moved to Indiana, but then I've had summers out in Idaho. I've had summers out in Utah. I've had winters in Oregon, and I've also had summers back in Colorado. So I've gone around, at least in the West of the U.S. Yeah, so you've had a very, very diverse um, place. You're always somewhere, which is exciting. You have a new perspective, new culture you're learning, or new food or something. Oh, absolutely. And I have to say, I do have a soft spot in my heart for the upper Midwest. So when I got accepted here at SCC, I was like, yes, oh, this will be nice. (laughs) Yeah. So speaking of that, what brought you here? How did the process, I mean, were you just looking? I mean, tell us how you got here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to tell you about it. And if anyone's thinking about going on for PhDs, this could be kind of useful. The academic job cycle takes about a year from start to finish, a little bit shorter than that, but start to finish, you start looking usually in the fall, around like August, September, and you just apply to jobs throughout that fit more or less your expertise throughout the rest of the fall and into the spring. And and so when I applied for SDSU, I wanted, it was early spring and I saw the school, you always do a little bit of a background search Mm -hmm. and found out a little bit about it. It was like, oh, you know what, that in some ways at least, the campus and some of the community here looked and reminded me of my undergrad, which I, in Wisconsin, which I feel very fondly about. I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. Started looking at the school and it's, it's honestly a very strong school. There's some good master's programs, which is always really great for getting research out. There's strong teaching pedagogy, pedagogy or, uh, teaching and pedagogy. And there were a lot of communities, community activities and clubs even this podcast is a good example. I did stumble across this when doing my background research. So for all those reasons, I applied. Like, oh, this is this would be a cool spot to end up. And typically the way it works is you send out a cover letter. Where you talk yourself up. You do your best. You have, can have your letter writers, anyone that can vouch for what you're like as a researcher, as a teacher, uh, as someone to work with. And so you send out all those letters. Can't see what happens. Got a phone call from Carla Hunter, asked me whether I was still interested. I want to say this was either, and I want to say this was in mid-February. Um, and one thing I did like is that a lot of her initial questions were just like, hey, you know, what do you think about the community? What do you think about this environment here? Um, and that was that was cool to hear is kind of the connection between SDSU and the geographic location. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you know, SDSU is far more reaching than that, but it was kind of an initial interesting thing to jump out like, oh, that's cool that they're doing that. Um, it's a very grounded approach. Mm-hmm. We did through that wave and fortunately they weren't able to fly me out, but then I did a second round of interviews where I talked to the committee at large, the other people searching for this position. 
and got a chance to talk a little bit more broadly about my background expertise and actually got to teach a class, which impressed me quite a bit. The students, oh yeah, it, it was great. We zoomed in, you know, talked to the class. They were all like very insightful. They all participated. And I, I can say that's not always the case with undergraduate students, especially. It can be, you know, pulling teeth to get conversation rolling. <laughs> but, uh, for the ones I talked to, you know, they were they were very gracious for me being someone that was an outsider talking to them and like, oh yeah, come on in anyways. So mm -hmm. yeah, all that really brought me in. Yeah, well, that's awesome. And then you accepted the opportunity. And so tell us, um, what kind of classes are you going to be teaching? Are you going to be teaching undergrad, graduate? And, and of those, are you most excited about any of those that you're going to be teaching? Ooh, it, it is hard to pick out a particular one to be excited for. In general, I tend to teach four comm classes. So this covers everything from business and professional, small group to org comm. Mm -hmm. Although I'll say that my research specialty is emotions in communication. So at mm -hmm. some point down the line, I would love to teach a class on emotions as communication. So it's thought that it isn't like, oh, we experience some emotion and then we decide how we're going to explain it to people, but rather the ways in which we learn to talk about emotion structure that experience. Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool because by learning to communicate about your emotions, you aren't just communicating some other abstract psychological thing, you're actually shaping your own emotions. So it's this great tool for a greater emotional granularity, greater emotion regulation, and just the creativity to be able to express yourself and what you're feeling in different ways. Uh, sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting very off track. Oh, I can tell you're about yeah. it. That's great, yeah. And Although so are these classes undergraduate or graduate? So right now I'm teaching all undergrad classes, okay. but starting in the spring, I'll actually be teaching a mixed orcom class that will be for graduate students as well as undergraduate students. They take it simultaneously with just slightly different requirements to push the grad students a little bit harder. And then I'll be teaching the summer distance. So that one will be open, awesome one that I'm hoping I get a lot of people for. Yeah, well, it sounds exciting. And I love meeting people that are passionate about what they do. And it, you can hear it in your voice, the way you talk about it. Um, you're you're expressing your, um, your everything you're talking about just great, and I love that. And hopefully, I can um, get to take one of your classes while I'm while I'm here. Yeah, so, if you have open space this summer, there are spots. Yeah, awesome. So let's rewind for a moment. So tell us um, what is your undergraduate, um, your graduate degree, your PhD? What are those in? Yeah, so I had briefly alluded to it, but when I was in Wisconsin, I signed up for the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point. It was, it was a great school. Really enjoyed my time there. I, I'm trying to think of how to best describe it. Yeah, when I went there, um, at first, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, I kind of had an idea that, okay, I want to make some money in life. <laughs> like, I want to pick a, something that has some strong career prospects. Um, initially, I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm creative. I always liked visual mediums. Maybe I'm going to do advertising. Um, they didn't have advertising. <laughs> I thought, well, maybe marketing. <laughs> and then that led me into going, well, the comp department has PR. That sounds pretty similar. Um, you know, anyone that's in PR can tell you, no, no, it's absolutely, you know, there's maybe a little bit overlap, but, you know, it's definitely its own skill set in its own right. Um, so I can't dove into that. At the same time, I took some classes in the sociology department. And I found that that was something where I had kind of a natural inclination to it and just was very passionate about that as well. 
So I'm double majoring in comm and sociology. Although interestingly, so we had these MCs, I was in PR. We hit a crisis comm class. And I went, nope, nope, I do not handle this level of stress. This is not for me. Um, I was one of the clubs and everything. I was like, no, I, I can't do that. Uh, so a lot of respect for anyone that goes into PR. Um, at that point, I shifted more towards interpersonal and organizational communication. Mm. Um, yeah, and then uh, can't continue the journey. Yeah. Towards like middle of undergrad, started looking at internships and thought, you know, I really got to build up a pedigree before applying for these. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll do some research. So I signed up for a couple research projects in both communication and in sociology. And I ended up just falling in love with research. I really enjoyed the process, loved getting to write up my findings, like getting to dig through data to try to figure things out. And mm. at that point, I was like, well, maybe I'll do academics. And I'm not too bad at it so far. And I kept on. And that was actually something that really stood out to me was the professor that took me in in communication let me stay on all the way on this research project, all the way through publication and actually got me an authorship once I was to grad school. And that was just, it was a very rewarding process. Mm -hmm. It felt very much like, oh, I'm doing it. This is the thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's something I've always tried to do is to get my students, whether it's on one-on-one -on -one projects, whether it's classroom environments, getting them, getting them to do something that is to some degree practical and applied, something where they can go, okay, you know, this is something I'm passionate about. This is something I already want to do. And this mm -hmm. class just giving me the tools to do it. Um, mm. So yeah, I felt very grateful for that. Um, and there catapulted into Purdue, where I was initially just going to do my, I did my master's there. As you know, it is, it is a pretty brutal process. It is, it is tough to get a master's degree. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, it's no small feat. Mm -hmm. And I was actually going to quit halfway through. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know if I can make it. Um, but that was just through sheer stubbornness pulled through. And at that point, they went, well, you should yeah, try applying. What's worse going to happen? Um, applied and managed to get onto a fellowship, which I feel very grateful for. They let me focus quite a bit on research. Otherwise, we're funded equally through teaching. And if, if you can, you get some research uh, to buy you out and to focus on whatever projects you're on. And I was able to really focus in on a cool NSF project having to do with sustainability and energy messages. So like, you know, okay, you're using your energy in your house, your thermostat, and yeah, maybe it tells you you're using it efficiently. How do you react to that? So we did some work on that and it was a fascinating project. Um, at that point, yeah, suddenly it was five, six years later at Purdue, I was like, whoa, oh, I almost had my doctorate. <laughs> I just <laughs> went on the job market, yeah. The years did slip right by. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. So Purdue, yeah, that's in Indiana, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, not far from me. I'm in well, based out of Louisville, Kentucky-ish area. Okay. So. Right on. Yeah, yes. I, I went down to Kentucky a couple times. Not like I'd hop across the river, or I feel bad about this, but I drove through to get to the Smokies. Mm -hmm, <laughs> I didn't mm -hmm. have nearly enough time to uh, spend in Kentucky, but I did go to a really beautiful wedding down there. Um, yeah. So you haven't been to the, the Derby here yet? I am not. Oh, oh, on, okay. I'm, I'm actually missing some really big, like. <laughs> hallmarks of Campbell, like the lower Midwest. Yeah, never got to do Kentucky Derby. I never did the, uh, you know, the big racetrack in Indianapolis, the Indy 500. I just I somehow missed it. And oh, gosh, I'll have to go back for it. Yeah, well, the Derby has been here forever. Let me be honest with you. I relocated to Louisville in 2010. And okay. I have not 
been to the Derby myself. And I, I live, <laughs> isn't that crazy? I just, right. well, for one reason, so a little quick um, blurb about me is I also have another master's degree. This is my second master's degree, but we can talk about that another, another time. But I'm also a licensed uh, hairstylist. <laughs> so I I do a lot of things. And during the Derby, I, that was like a huge moneymaker. It is for stylists. Oh, I bet. Yeah, you have everyone coming in. When you did, oh, um, nice yeah. Work. Because yeah. of all parties, you know, everybody wants to look amazing. So I never took off um, for Derby. And so that was the main reason right. why but derby yeah it'll always yeah, be it had to have been awesome yeah well someday we'll, we'll get there yeah yeah so well that's awesome so <clears throat> you've done a lot of research you're you're teaching you you've traveled and explored and and um just worked and lived in so many amazing diverse states and that's that's inspiring lucky very inspiring to me. So as far as um, communication professionals, um, what advice would you give for students who are getting ready to um, embark or graduate and go into the workforce? You know, what positive encouraging advice or what should they be doing to prepare? Should they go straight in for an entry-level job or would you say they should get an internship or how can they be best prepared for this industry? That's a great question. I'll, I'll divide it into two parts. One, just the process because yeah, job markets are rough. It is, it can really drain your sanity, sense of self-worth. Mm -hmm. It can be tough. Um, and one thing that I've myself have found helpful. I've seen students and family find helpful. It's just to remember that it's a process. Um, you know, like one rejection doesn't, it, it, it could be that it accidentally got lost. It could be that the system, you know, accidentally auto-rejected it. Um, it could be they got in and turns out it was a, you know, a post-ab nepotism and they had already picked someone. You never really know what's going on behind the scenes. It's uh, so it like a process where it's just like, yeah, you're um, just constantly grinding out applications or whatever it is that you want to be doing. Um, if you're going into something where it's more entrepreneurial, it's like, right, maybe not every quarter is great. Um, not every project's going to pan out in a big way, but if you just keep plugging away, you never know what's going to get picked up in a big way. Um, there's this great story about Matt Gronig, uh, the guy that made The Simpsons, who he had some other show he was going to pitch, and he'd been working on it for forever. Um, and right before he went in to pitch it to the executives, he was like, this is my baby. I can't give it away. What if they like ruin it? Um, sorry, that's my, uh, I have smart lights that are changing color in the background now. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, it's uh, usually they're fun, but they're very unpredictable. That's uh, the outside of smart attack. <laughs> um, oh, but uh, back to the story. Yeah, so so on the spot, he's like, well, we'll just do a family sitcom. They wrote The Simpsons on the spot. <laughs> and I think there's something to be said for that when it comes to projects. You never know what's going to pan out. You never know which application is going to get through. Um, and so one of the things you can do with developing that process is to pin success or failure on things that are within your control. So like the number of applications you send out, if you set some marker, like I'm going to send out two applications a week or whatever you want to do, then you can point to that and be like, hey, I'm doing the time, I'm doing the effort, it's there, eventually something will break through. Um, and then anything that does go right, like, hey, you get an interview, even if it doesn't pan out all the way, you're like, okay, at least my application is good enough that for that one, it made it through to the other side. Um, and so that's at least how I'd encourage people to try to approach that process. 
um, to not give too much of your self-worth to a system that doesn't really control you and isn't always a great metric for what you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the, okay, so that's, that's great on the psychological side and like coping with it. On the practical, like, hey, let's actually get a job side. Um, my tips on that one would be to start whatever craft you want to be in, just start right away in, in whatever context you can find. So like, honestly, this podcast is a great example. If you wanted, because I've, I've had at least a few students that want to go into broadcasting, like, oh, I'd love to work for ESPN. It's like, that's great. As yeah, oh, I know, it'd be a fantastic, that'd be a fun job to have. Um, mm-hmm. Just start, if, you, if it's podcasting you want to be doing, just start with that right away, wherever you can. Um, universities are fantastic. And I will say this is a huge strength of SDSU is that all the programs have a lot of intercollaboration, have a lot of events and things to be done within the programs. And I think that's a huge strength is that there is this community that will go, oh, you know, I know someone in that field, or I know someone that's working at the student radio station or on the student podcast. Um, so at some point, you know, maybe I'll have some student that asks me, hey, you know, I'm interested in podcasting. I'll be like, okay, I have someone you should reach out to that interviewed me. <laughs> um, so if you get an email from some random student, that's, that's why. Um, and you do that, if you just start in on what it is at the club level, whatever. Um, a couple things happen to mirror the other process. You can get all the junk out of the way. <laughs> no one's really perfect on their first try, right? Uh, and so you get to try out the skill set in environments that um, maybe it's not your dream job. And that's perfect because then you don't have to worry about it so much. Um, and you can just build up like the, that skill set and refine that skill set so that when that dream job does come along, you're like, hey, this is awesome. I have something that'll work. Um, you know, I have the skill set I've been developing. The other thing, the this is helpful for is developing a portfolio, resume, however you want to display your work. You can point to some things like, oh, I did this, did that. Um, I would caution against trying to approach it backwards and starting with, well, here's what my portfolio needs to look like. Um, let me go out and do those things. Cause that, you know, that'll add pressure to doing those things, right? If you go out, do the things and then after the back, oh, okay, well, what can I point to that worked? Um, then it's a lot easier to take some of that pressure away. And then, yeah, I don't think that there's any problem with applying earlier rather than later for internships, entry-level jobs, um, promotions. The worst gap is someone says no. <laughs> um, but on the, yeah, right. And sometimes, you know, like I definitely ran this trap. Trap. Yeah, I was um, encouraged by seeing a peer who she hadn't finished her PhD yet. She knew she wanted to go into industry. In the, she was in health communication, law, nutrition, uh, literacy stuff. She applied for a job and she's like, well, I'm not gonna be able to take it. I just want to see the process is like, um, no, I, I, I don't know about that. I personally didn't have that level of bravery. Um, <laughs> I think uh, the cards were spilled very early on, but I'm just, I'm just trying. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. But it was encouraging to see like, right, you can just try out the process and mm-hmm. it's its own skill set. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. Awesome advice there. One thing that came to mind when you said just, start working on um, things. Um, so if you want to be a, in broadcasting, um, you know, or you want to get into radio or podcasting, we have the resources here at the school, which is awesome. I'm so thankful for this opportunity. I'm way here in Kentucky. I'm an online student, but I, I get the amazing opportunity to um, practice my skills, you know, um, on here, which is awesome. And it kind of made me think about Jennifer Hudson has a new uh, talk show um, on the daily. Yes, Jennifer Hudson, she's on on air Monday through Friday. 
I think 3 p.m. You may have to record it on DVR, but 3 p.m. Eastern time, 2, 2 p.m. Central. And she had um, the legend icon LL Cool J on this week. And someone in the audience had said, I just moved to LA to pursue my dream. What advice would you give me? And LL Cool J, one of the first things he said was, master your craft. So whatever it is that you want to do, if it's to be an amazing broadcast journalist, if it's to be a singer, a dancer, an actor, whatever, practice on it, put yourself fully in it. And so I think, especially in the communications department, we have the resources for all of our students. We have the podcast, we have the radio, we have different clubs for students to get involved in. We have PR and all kinds of things. And so there's help and resources out there. And we have an amazing career department. I, I got my resume um, edited. And, good work. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we have the tools here. We just have to, you know, raise our hand and ask for help and get in there and just start doing it. And don't worry about, like you say, everything being perfect at first. I'm sure I've said like, um, or something a thousand times already. Oh, I can think of so many things I messed up in my career. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, yeah, um, a friend of mine was like, oh, you know, I really like this paper you wrote back in grad school. I, and she showed me that she's like, oh, I still have a copy. I saw like five typos right away. I was like, no, no, burn it, get rid of it. Oh, Why did you I'm keep that? <laughs> oh, goodness. But like, practice just, makes perfect, you know? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And one thing I really like is that we do have this community, you know, it's like, yeah, this this is the SDSU community, you and me on this podcast. And I do like that because then it adds some encouragement too for like that. If you try to forge out on your own, I mean, obviously YouTube's got a ton of stuff, <laughs> um, but then you don't have the support community. It's like, oh, you know what? You should talk to so-and-so or here's, you know, I, I got some ideas for that. Like the career centers you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Another, oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 that was, that was all I had, yeah. Uh, another thing I was going to say is that um, you had said something about, it was so encouraging um, about, you can apply so many times sometimes and not feel like you're getting any responses or maybe you're automatically rejected your application didn't go through it could be so many reasons and I know for me I have huge dreams I want to be an amazing on-air person whether it be in radio or tv that's what my dream is and I'm already looking at entry-level jobs and it is somewhat discouraging sometimes when you look at the um, criteria and it's like five years minimum experience. It's like, hello, I'm in well, school. There's so much bluster, yeah. All the bluster. We want the perfect best employee. And, you know, you just have to be the best at the top of the stack for one of them. <laughs> yeah. um, oh my so, you know, yeah, you just have to go for it and. I love that you said just keep applying because sooner or later something is going to um, come through. You're going to get a good bite. You're going to get an offer, but you can't. Get it only takes one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was the nice thing. Like, yeah, imposter syndrome is real. It is. It is hard to. And, and well, on a couple of fronts, like in some ways, it's, it's in the sense of like, yeah, there can be discrimination. There can be real issues and like, well, that company really only hires from that school. And there can be those things as well as just like that general tendency to question our skill sets. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it, it can be tough in the face of those kind of faceless 
applications to keep powering through, but that's the advantage. All you need is one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's true. So as we are closing down on our episode, our um, time together, I want to ask you, so what do you like to do in your free time? Um, so a few things. I, I really, I come from a family of artists. My grandpa does MFA in oil painting. Um, my dad likes to do watercolors and mixed media. I have a niece who's um, going to be a middle school art teacher. Um, she's just started student teaching this year, actually. Uh, so I really like to paint and draw. Um, I also really like to play guitar. And let's see, okay, I actually have a whole bunch of instruments here. Um, I got a banjo. Uh, three electrics, the electric guitars, none of them are working right now. <laughs> I oh. attempted uh, some home surgery on them and learned very quickly that I am not an electrician. Uh, so <laughs> it was your activation. Um, a couple of bases, or a bass and then two, two acoustics and a ukulele. So I do do a lot of guitar. Um, yeah. Have we had music on the podcast before? Because I was actually playing, this might be really terrible. I was kind of thinking that maybe I could kind of end with um. <laughs> yeah, show us what you, give us a little taste. Yes. Uh, oh gosh, this, <laughs> this this will either make this a fantastic podcast or this will be the end of Kojo or copy with Kojo as we know it. No, let's go out with a bang. <laughs> podcast will be posted on October 28th. This podcast is the property of the School of Communication and Journalism at South Dakota State University, which reserves all rights to its use. Music by Cody M. Johnson and Tyler Addison James is licensed through AMP Music. <laughs>